Last week we began our challenge of the Bible reading. Uh, the challenge was to read through the poetic books of Scripture, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job, Song of Songs, in 40 days. And so this past week we read through, I think it would have been 41 that we read through, and it's only 44 pages. So I want to encourage you if you say, well, you know, I kind of missed it. I didn't get to start. There's Bibles out there. Grab one as you head out. Um, they're 10 bucks unless you don't have 10 bucks, and you can just grab one and we'll deal with it later. That's not a problem. Uh, but you can still catch up because literally 40 pages of reading, you can, you can do that. You can sit down in a little over an hour. You can, you can knock that out uh, and get yourself caught up. But I would encourage you to do it. If you say, well, reading's a struggle for me, go on our website. And on our website, you can actually listen to it online. So I would encourage you to do that. The author of, uh, one of the authors who, who wrote the preludes to this, one of the authors says this, there are times in life when we need to express the full scope of human emotion. Let me, let me say that again. There are times in life when we need to express the full scope of human emotion. What does that include? What's the full scope? Everything. That's too easy. Don't give me one. Joy is good. Love. Love. Sorrow. Sorrow. Anger. Anger. Peace. Peace. Fear. Fear. The full scope, the full scope. We need to experience that in our lives. And one of the, one of the ways to do this, we, just, we know this, and again, the author puts it, one of the ways to do it is just to take those emotions and put them into song. I think it's really important that, because we often miss this in our life. We, we, we look at, at life in, in one of two ways. Either you gotta be the tough guy and you're never gonna get hurt and you know if you're a little boy well, well suck it up and walk it off and it's just a scratch. Go on, you don't need to be blah, 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 blah. We got all this bravado and we're trying to teach our little girls all this bravado and little boys, you gotta be tough. You gotta be tough. What's that old country song or that new country song? If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. There's some truth to that. You gotta have a little bit of toughness. Maybe that only applies in my life, but it has. And the other side is we've got so much emotion that we just can't handle. We just go blah, blah, everything's coming down. The world's going, yeah, blah, blah. Well, somewhere in between there is high ground, right? Somewhere, we get to experience those. Have you ever felt like the world was coming down around you? Sure, sure, we've, we've experienced that. Have you ever felt like you just really had to be, you had to be the tough one in the room. You had to be the one who, stand, who stood up and held things together. Sure, that's all fine. But they're extremes. There are different times in life when we're going to see that. And one extreme is, is no better than the other. What we really want to do is we want to find that place in between. And that's what we see in the Psalms. If you read through the Psalms, David starts out every time, almost everyone, whoa, is me. Oh, it's so bad. My enemies are around me. Oh, I can't take it. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me, blah, blah, blah. That's how he starts his, all, most of the Psalms. Not all of them, but he starts most of them that way. But you'll find that as he goes through that writing, all of a sudden something changes. And at the end, he's got victory. Why do you think that is? Have you ever been really sick? Have you ever been like really, like really sick? Like, man, you know, if you, let's, let's go with something simple like food poisoning. Right? Something simple. This is obviously not in my notes, Okay. But you, you get some, some bad, I was, in, I, was in, I was in Haiti, I was in Haiti, and uh, 
It was in Haiti, and we went out for a, we went out for a buffet because we'd seen all the poverty, and the pastor said, I want you to experience the good side of Haiti too. So he took us out to this fancy restaurant on the beach, and, and we, we had this big buffet, and we had all agreed before we went to that buffet that we're not going to eat fish. Don't eat the fish. It's just maybe a little sketch. Just don't eat the fish. Just don't. But in my head, in my head, when I was going to go to a buffet, certainly there'd be a little bit of sliced prime rib there, or there'd be some ribs, or there'd be some burgers, or there'd be something. Haitians don't celebrate with American food that way. They celebrate with the stuff that they eat. There was rice, and there was beans. And man, the, all I could really think of was, I'm not sure what any of that stuff is, but I'll take the fish. And the waiter was standing right there to pour me a cup of water when I took that first bite. And I took that first bite and I thought, this is not good. This is not going to be good. But the waiter's standing there. What am I going to do, spit it in my napkin? Nope, I swallowed it. It was the only piece I had, only one bite. And we were riding back to the uh, missions house in a truck. It had a flat nose truck where you could put three people in the cab. And then you were sitting in a steel box in the back with kind of a cage all around you and this diesel smoke and all this. And I'm telling you, I'm in the back of that truck and it's like, this is not good. This is really not good. First of all, I'm not looking forward. I'm looking sideways. This is not good. So I knocked on the door like, I got to sit up front. I got to get fresh air. This diesel smoke is coming. Okay, so they get me there. So now we're done with our day. And we're sitting there, and all of our team is sitting there. We're, we're going through the day, and I'm in the corner. I'm in the corner here, and there's people over here, and there's people that we're talking about today. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is not going to be, this is not going to be. And I got up, and I ran out, and I heaved, and it splattered all over the building and all over the floor. And the people are sitting next to that wall. They're jumping up, squealing, going the other way. Ah! You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the emotions that we take into our soul and we just harbor them when we harbor hurt and we harbor bitterness and we harbor anxiety and we just let it stew there. We're just going to let it brew. It's okay. I'm from Minnesota. I'm Norwegian. I'm tough. I can wake it through this. Pull yourselves up by your be tough. Walk it off. But what happens? We don't really walk it off. It begins to fester and it begins to fester and it begins to brew. Psalms actually gives us permission. When we read through the Psalms, what you're seeing is, is songs. These are songs of David, songs of this worship leader. Actually, as you read through it, you may have even seen this one is for a guitar. You may have seen different things in there that you go, oh, oh. this was ancient Israel's songbook. That's what the Psalms are. They're ancient Israel's songbook. And they're, for us, they are a songbook. You say, well, pastor, I'm not much of a singer. You don't have to be much of a singer. But what we need to do is we need to get rid of some of that garbage that's in our life. We get to through the Psalms. I think it's important. I think it's so important for us to read Psalms on a regular basis so we see that and we can identify and we can get rid of some of that garbage in our life. The Psalms are written in it's Hebrew poetry, so there's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of compare and contrast. But again, the thing that really encourages me the most is that God is not scared by my joy. He's not scared by my sorrow, by my fear, by my anxiety, by my hurt, by my jubilation. None of that deters God. 
took my kids to the racetrack one night, and it was the girls were sitting behind me. And we do this. You go, you sit at the racetrack, you're like, I'm gonna take car number 11. I'm gonna take car number 12, blah, 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 whatever. And their car won. And they were squealing behind, and I'm dying a thousand deaths. Not just did my car not win, but good night. So finally I turned around, I'm like, all right, that's enough. And some old guy sitting next to me hits me and turns around and says, you go ahead and holler all you want. (laughs) He was right. He was right. Get that emotion out. Quit trying to stuff it. You know how many people are in hospitals because all they're doing is stuffing their emotions? There's stuff that they push it down, they push it down. We can't live that way, folks. It's going to leave you in a bad spot mentally. It's going to leave you in a bad spot emotionally. And that's going to translate into a bad spot physically. We should not be surprised that God makes a way for us to express this full range of emotion. Now, do I get all anger and and and, and amped up and and dealing with fear and and dealing with rage and go out and dump that on somebody? No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Through the Psalms, we learn that we can deal with that. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next two weeks for sure. As I read through the first 41 Psalms here, they're all David's, Psalms of David, or most of them are. The beginning of Psalm 34 is one that jumped out to me. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will extol the Lord at all times. How often? When you're in church? I will extol the Lord. That's good, 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 Pastor. What does extol mean? You want to know what extol means? It means enthusiastically praise. I will enthusi- I can't even see it. I will enthusiastically praise the Lord at all times. Well, I can just see the joy just bubbling out of y'all. Oh, this is really good. This is really good. Yeah, this is good. I happen to be German. I can't do that. Yes, you can. So much so that you will find, if we get in that space, that life changes around you. Now, if you want to be a grumpy Gus, if you want to be the guy who just, we were just talking the other day, um, uh, if you want to see if you can get by at work all day without doing anything, all you got to do is walk from department to department and look mad. (laughs) Nobody's going to ask you anything. But you know what? We don't have to live in that place. And if you really want to mess with somebody, walk around from department to department and let a little joy ooze out of you at every spot. Now they're not going to wonder what you're up to. Now they're going to wonder, what are you up to? Like, what is going on in your world? Why? Because we've got that joy, 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 joy down in our heart. Right? Down in our heart, man, I will extol, I will enthusiastically praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. That should be something that's just right on the verge of falling out of our mouth all the time because you can't balance a quarter on your lip, right? You walk around all day and you got a quarter on the edge of your lip, what's going to happen? Well, you're either going to choke on it or it's going to fall out. His praise should be on our lips. Just think about that. Think about that. His praise is continually on our lips. 
I will glory I will glory in the Lord and let the afflicted hear and rejoice. What well, kind of sounds like you're rubbing salt into an open wound? No, 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 no. I can go through difficulties. I can rejoice in the Lord. And when Scott sees it, he's like, well, you know, maybe my problems aren't quite so big. You know what? I, could, I can kind of rejoice too. Candace will go, you know what? He, he, he really had a bad that, That's a testimony. I should, I should worship a little bit more. My, my problems aren't quite so big. I will extol. I will enthusiastically praise the Lord at all times. And then in verse three he says, glorify the Lord with me. That glorify there means praise and worship. Let us exalt, let us praise and worship his name together. Praise is about about admiration. Praise is about admiring God. We're so grateful, we're so thankful, God, about all the things you've done. And worship is about adoration. Worship is about bowing at his feet and just saying, God, it is truly just about you. Amen. It's just about you. My world doesn't exist if it's not for you. God in his wisdom gives us this language to praise him and to cry out and to worship and to give him thanks and even to lament our emotions. We're focusing obviously on praise today. Next week we're going to finish the praise and we're going to talk about lamenting. We're going to talk about anguish. What, what, what is it about praise? And I, I realized this this week. I don't really necessarily have a scripture to back this up, and it's pretty unofficial. But there's something about praise that I think is hardwired into our DNA. We are praisers. If you are born, and if you're taking in oxygen, you're a praiser. You might not know it, but when you think about it, The reality is God wants us first and foremost to praise him. But I think it's so hardwired into us that we are praisers by nature. Like I said, it doesn't mean that we wake up in the morning and we we celebrate God. And I do believe that praise can be stifled in a person's life because of pain or because of hurt or because of what they've been trained in. But just by way of example, if you have a favorite sports team, I don't care whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever it is, as long as it's not soccer. <clears throat> no, sorry. Or when your child is in a performance. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had the kids up here singing songs on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, right. What did that do for you as a congregation? Loved it. Loved it. Isn't that amazing? We had 30 kids up here. We haven't seen kids up here in years. We had 30 kids up on stage uh, being part of that. So whether it's, whether it's hockey or whether it's your kids or your grandkids accomplishing a task maybe you like motorsports like I do or even do I dare say this your dog you ever notice how we praise when your kids do something go oh that's great man that's great Louie you were drumming the other day man you did a great job thanks he gets off the stage and what do we do ah, great job you did a great job right people do things and go man that's really great thanks Brian you just did a great job Aren't you blessed that Grace is getting up and singing? She's what, 16, 15, 15? And she gets up on the worship team every other week and sings. You see what just happened? See what just happened? Praise just came out of you regardless because by nature we're praisers. Now it's about figuring out what we praise, how we praise, who we praise, 
because we are by nature praisers. Again, my girls praising stock car drivers. Do they know them? No, they didn't know them. Do they know anything about the car? No, they don't know anything about the car. They don't know anything about any of it. They're just there. They're there to have, well, not, not nothing. Not nothing. She thinks it was purple. She knows. Now listen, several of us good, well-meaning church folks will criticize people for celebrating a sports event, for example. But if you have a bent or a proclivity towards football, then that becomes your team. I want you to hear this. Minnesota Vikings, I know they're going to lose. Surprise! Spoiler alert! We're not going very far. But they're my team, doggone it, and I'll root for them if I want to. Right? And Jared is not going to let us watch anything else unless we watch that. And baseball, you know, he's, there's a bent. We have a bent towards that. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to, this, if you're a religious person, you're maybe not going to like this. But I want to tell you something. I don't care whether it's, it's football or baseball. It's your team. And once you grab a hold of that, even if you're a, okay, let's go away from teams. If you're a bowler and you throw a strike and you throw a second strike and you throw a third strike, what's that called? couple bowlers in the inner room. That's called a turkey. What do, you, do you throw that strike and then go, oh. nobody does that. You throw the ball, you stand there, yeah! You do that three or four times, yeah! Man, you're scared, I got that. Tell me I'm wrong, right? You can be German, Norwegian, Finn, it doesn't make any difference. You can sit in church all day like this. But man, you throw three strikes in a row, and you're like, yeah! We have some golfers in the room. Gerald, have you ever hit a hole in one? Yes. What, what happened when you hit a hole in one? Did you go, oh, don't, don't, no, it's okay, guys. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was golfing with my brother-in-law one time, and there were kids in front of us, and they were horsing around. They were just taking all the time in the world. And he finally, it was the third, I think it was the third hole on the Frazee course. Finally, he's like, not bad enough. Grabs his golf ball. These kids are running back and forth. Grabs his golf ball, comes back. Crack. It looked like, looked like, who's that? Adam Sandler. He just, just cracks that thing. And then he hollers, four. And when he does, these guys start scrambling. There's three teenage kids there, start scrambling. One kid runs over, grabs the stick, puts the stick in the hole. The ball comes down, lands, lands right two feet from the hole, hits the pin and drops in. And those three kids are like, yeah! And my brother-in-law's like, dude, I don't know if I could do that again if I tried. (laughs) Why? Because we're praisers. God has hardwired that into us. He has, and it's healthy. So if you, are, if you have a bent towards a particular football team and they're your guys and they're doing well, cheer them on. Who cares? But here's, what, here's where it ends up. Here's where we've got to change this. We just got to make sure that as much praise as we have for them, we have more for our Lord and Savior, right? Because he did so much more for us than any Viking team will ever do. I've said it often, you know, I've said it often. Uh, uh, I, I really want to have at least six Minnesota Vikings at my funeral so they can let me down one last time. (laughs) There's a joy, man. There's a joy in Jesus. There's a hope that we can have. 
There's life that we can have. You want to cheer for baseball? Cheer for baseball. Cheer for Jesus, right? God has wired us to praise him first and foremost. And the problem is we begin to praise things instead of God. Romans chapter one. There's consequences to that now. There's consequences to that. Romans chapter one, starting at verse 15. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. It's almost as though he's getting excited and going, you know what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the gospel, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel, in the gospel message, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that's by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being poured out from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You hear what he's saying? Hear what he's saying. Paul says there is a righteousness that comes from the gospel and God's going to honor that. God's going to pour into your life when you honor that, when you recognize that. But the wicked actually want to suppress the gospel. They want to suppress the righteousness of God. They want to push that down. In, In other words, we have an enemy. And he says, then he goes on, he says, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen uh, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. What, What Paul is saying is, The reality is for each one of us, if you're born on this earth and you've seen a blade of grass or you've seen a seaside or you've seen a tree, if you've seen a bird, a cow, a lily, a dog, a cat, another human being, you've seen a baby being born, you've seen anything at all, you've heard somebody uh, singing a, a beautiful song, God has made his power and his righteousness and his glory so available it is around us all the time. There is no way you're going to have an excuse to stand before God. None of us. Well, but God, this is what happened in my life. He's like, yeah, but did you hear the birds? When I got my hearing aids here a year or so ago, the doctor took took the test, and if this is the range of hearing that you have, Right here is where mine cuts off and drops down. This is low bass. This is high. This whole section was gone. She's like, we got to get you back in the land of the hearing. So I put the hearing aids in a couple days later when I got them in. I was leaving my office. Walked out of my office, locked the door, walked to the outside door there, had my key in, was going to lock it, and I heard birds. And I don't know how long it's been since I'd heard birds. There was a tree full of them right across the street. And I stood there and I listened to birds for probably five minutes. Tears just welling up like, I haven't heard this in so long. That's what we should be filled with when we consider the awe of God every day because he's made us to be praisers. Paul says there's trouble. There's trouble if we're willing to worship all kinds of created things, but not God. He actually continues in that passage of scripture and he says this is when God turns people over to a depraved mind. It's because they've got things all out of order. So again, I don't care if you want to cheer at a football game, that's fine. I don't care if you want to cheer at a soccer game, that's fine. You can do whatever you want to. 
But let's make sure that our praise and our worship and our exuberance is reserved for Almighty God. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. We remember that, right? We remember that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, king over all of it, right? You know, when he spoke, this, is, this gets me. This, I'm, I'm, when he spoke, everything came into existence. He gives us the power, the ability to express praise through the spoken word. You might need to chew chew on that all week. As a matter of fact, I challenge you to chew on that all week. Every time you think about what comes out of your mouth, just remember that when God spoke, he had such power and such authority. When he spoke, things happened. And I believe that's really true for us as well. We, we praise and we should. As a matter of, let me go one step farther. Let me go one step farther. If I'm going to step into, if, if you think uh, worshiping for, or uh, praising at a ball game is, is heretical, then I might as well go all the way. Um, it would actually seem unnatural for us to not praise in a situation like that. And my grandkids come up here and they're, they're up on stage and one of them's making a face and they're just having a great time and they're singing about Jesus. It would be unnatural for me not to praise that, right? Pick them up, let them come down. Great job, man. You give them a big hug. In our house, we call them monster hugs. Give grandpa a monster hug. Why? Because we're so proud of that. Because we're so, we're, we're, because we're praisers. It's who God has created us to be. Psalm 148. You say, well, well, who should praise the Lord? Psalm 148. Praise the Lord from heaven. Praise the Lord from the heights above. Praise him, all the angels. Praise him, all of his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun, moon, stars. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise, you, uh, praise him, you highest heavens, you water above the skies. That means rain is supposed to praise him. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his command created them. Who else is supposed to praise the Lord? Well, I'll go on and I'll just read a few of them. How about the earth? How about the great sea creatures? How about lightning? How about hail and snow clouds? Stormy winds do his biddings. The mountains are supposed to praise him. Fruit trees, cedar trees, wild animals, cattle, creature, flying birds, kings of the earth, kings of nations, princes, rulers, young men, old men, young children, old children. Who's supposed to praise him? Everybody's supposed to praise him. Praising God is actually natural. well, that wasn't natural in my house when I was a kid. Well, then you've been trained wrong. I don't know how to say it. Here he says, all of nature, all of nature, all of nature. He talked about rocks. He talked about seas. He talked about clouds. He talked about birds, cows, cattle, dog, horses, pigs, chicken. All of them are supposed to praise him. Does that mean we shouldn't? No. All that much more. We actually have a voice to do it. God's given you a voice to praise him. I'm telling you, it is natural for us to praise him. Listen to what Isaiah 55 says. For you shall go out with joy and you shall be led forth with praise and the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Yay! The trees of the field shall clap their hands. I wish Barry was up here. The tree, he, could, he can play this thing. All of nature is going, to, is going to burst forth in song when the Son of Man comes back. 
You know what I say? We should get our vocal cords turned up. We should start working on ourselves. We should get used to this. We should get used to it. You know, I don't really like to praise pastor. I'm sorry. There's something in you that, that is, that's experienced something that wants to take you away from that because there is such great joy in praising God. We're commanded to praise him and there's only one requirement for that. Psalm 50, Psalm 150, I'm sorry. So we are created for praise and then we're commanded to praise. Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness. Has God shown you any acts of power? Have you ever seen God move on your behalf? You know what you're supposed to do then, right? What about his amazing power? Have you ever seen his amazing power? You see the sun come up? What are we supposed to do? I think there's only about a quarter of you that really want to get happy today. Praise him with sounding trumpets. Praise him with the harp and with the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm going to do that again. I want you to hit those last three words with me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What's the only requirement? What's the only thing that requires you to praise? Is that you have breath. Are you still alive? Half the congregation. Are you still alive? If you are, then we're required, we're commanded to praise God. When? At all times. His praise should be falling off of our lips. Do I do this perfectly? No. Do I need help? Yes. I'm so glad we're looking at, at Psalms. It's a reminder for us. David's saying, I got all these struggles, and yet he comes around and he, and he finally gets to where he prays. We're commanded. And then we're, we're supposed to, according to uh, Psalm 103, ascribe him praise. That means fall down before him and worship him. Listen to what Psalm 103 says, starting in verse 1. David says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And don't forget his benefits. I can only imagine. I can just imagine. David's hanging out there. Maybe he's had a bad day. Maybe there's another army coming. There's something going on. And he's like, I know it, God. You're, you're so good. You're, uh, uh, it's just a bad week, God. Anybody said that lately? It's just a bad week. Flu's going around. Cold's going around. I just don't feel like it. We let our soul, we let our mind, we let our will, we let that get the best of us. You know what David's doing? He's grabbing himself by the shirt and saying, stand up, O soul, and praise the Lord. Well, I just don't really feel like it. Too bad. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself to what? To praise the Lord. It's not natural in this fallen state, even though it's natural because God created it all around us. It's a natural condition for us, but we've been so removed from it. I'm telling you, we need to praise the Lord at all times. And if you say, you know what? I'm just having a lousy day. It's a terrible day. It's a terrible thing. Guess what? We just heard that Mike passed away. You know what happened to Mike? He just stepped from this, this life with an old, busted down, fallen tent into glory into absolute glory standing before the presence of the Lord 
no fear, no anxiety, no stroke, no sickness, no death, no dying, no cancer. No, it's all gone. No dementia. It's all gone. He has just been promoted. The Bible says from glory to glory, he just got promoted. He has actually, this always gets me at funerals, he's actually accomplished the purpose of his faith. He has accomplished the purpose. This is what faith is all about, and he's just accomplished that. He just completed the race. We're still down here running the race. He completed it. He finished it. You feel like your, 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 your backside is dragging? Grab yourself by the shirt, stand yourself up, and say, praise the Lord. Well, 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 Pastor, I don't want it to be fake. That's the beauty of Psalms. The beauty of Psalms is that you don't have to be fake. God's not afraid of your, your, your sickness. He's not afraid of your hurts. He's not afraid of your fears. Bring those to him first and then start focusing on him. You know, way too often we tell, we tell our, our, uh, uh, God how big our problems are. It's time we turn that around and start telling our problems how big our God is. Right? I mean, that sounds silly and it kind of sounds fun and it comes, but it's really true. We need to, David had to tell his soul, rise up and bless the Lord. 600 AD, um, bubonic plague is going through England. Pope Gregory sends out an ordinance to the church. During this bubonic plague, he commands the church, he commands the church to say these three words Every time somebody sneezes, you know what those words are? Hoochoo! God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Here we are, hundreds of years later, totally unsuspecting, and we are fulfilling the command of a pope because it's gotten so ingrained in us that we just bless. What? How much more should we on a regular basis be blessing God Almighty who knit us together? He's the one who fashioned us in our mama's womb. He's the one who tied us together. He's the one who purchased our salvation. He's the one who paid, paid that price. Who else did Pope Gregory do that? Couldn't do it. Can your mom do it or your dad do it? They can't do it. Jesus Christ is the one who paid that price. How much more should we be praising him on a regular basis? Every breath we take, every breath we take, and, and we're not only praisers, but we're also commanded. So how much more should we listen to the commands of God? Think about this for just a minute. When, when we praise a, a sports team or we praise our dog or we praise, you know, I think about specifically like, sports teams. We do it because there's a, a bit of a supposed relationship. I was at a, I was at a drag race. Uh, I went to Brainerd International this year. Never been to Brainerd International. I uh, went to BIR. And there was, uh, there was a, uh, one of their drag race guys who got knocked out of the competition the night before. I can't think of his name offhand, uh, but I will. <clears throat> the guy sitting right next to me. Um, remember the guy's name, Caleb? Drives the red Camaro. I can't think of his name. Anyhow, the guy sitting right next to me starts hollering his name. This guy's walking through the crowd. Johnny! 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 Hey, 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 Johnny! And Johnny finally looks up and goes, Yeah, how's it going? 
goes off and he's signing an autograph. Did Johnny know him? No, my, my neighbor next door didn't have, didn't have a clue who he was. But the guy sitting next to me was so involved, he thought he actually had a relationship going. My son Jared, when he's watching a ball game, he's watching it on TV, come out in the garage. Dad, do you know what Burt Blylevin just told me? <laughs> well, son, he was talking on the radio to probably about 300,000 people, depending on how good the game was going. And he didn't just speak to you, but in Jared's mind, he did. He's so bought in. He said, well, I, I don't really like to praise. Let me tell you part of the reason why. It's because your relationship with God is lacking. Our puppy does throw the ball and they come, oh, good dog, good dog, good dog. Yeah, give daddy the ball. Good dog, good dog, good dog. Why? Because we've built a relationship with that animal. Right? How about building a relationship with our creator? How do we do that, pastor? How do we do that? This is part of it. Come for some fellowship tonight. That's part of it. Getting in God's word, that's part of it. Begin to digest. What what does Paul tell Timothy? Study to show yourself approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Get that word of truth in us. Just what Jeff said today. We live in such a fallen world and scripture says the end times are gonna come. There's gonna be so many deceiving spirits that many are gonna fall away. We need to get to know our creator. And if you tell me, you know what? I'm just, I'm just not really good at that whole praise thing. Here's, I, here's a challenge for you. Find a friend who's got a garage. It can even be a heated garage. I don't care. You walk in, you shut the door and you just go out there and start singing some praises to God. Tell him how much you love him. Try to remember one of the songs from here. If you can't remind, remember a song from here, take your Bible with you, open it up to anywhere in the Psalms, and just start reading, and let that come alive in you. We need to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus. We have a God who knit us together. We have a God who understands everything you're going through. I don't care, beginning to end, top to bottom, he has seen it all. He has seen it all. We lack in our relationship with God. Next week we're going to talk about our lack of understanding, our lack of training. Because here's the deal. Kids uh, just happened, just happened. Uh, We had Christmas uh, a week or so ago, whatever it was, we celebrated a little bit late. Caleb's got the, the boys, Joanna's got, one, got the Abel, and Caleb's got Titus, and they're walking, they're getting ready, getting their coat on, blah, blah, blah. And what does Caleb say? Just before he walks out the door, he looks at Titus and he says, now go, go tell Grandma and Grandpa thank you. Scoots on down, comes across, thank you, Grandpa. Thank you, Grandma. You see, we're not trained to worship God. It is part of our nature. It's in our DNA but we have been trained to suppress all that around us. Oh, you worship God? Well, that's strange. You go to church? Oh, that's odd. You're at church for an hour and a half? Are you kidding me? They want you to come for four hours? Are you nuts? They want your money? They, are you kidding me? You so We're so conditioned by this world that we have forgotten to, to, to train our kids up just to worship the Lord. Just a simple thing just a simple thing. I was telling somebody here, I, uh, I, I was, went out to lunch with a couple of guys here. It's been a couple of years ago. And one guy is, truly, he just is not a believer. He doesn't want anything to do with church. He doesn't want anything to do. But 
when we go up for lunch, I always pray for lunch. And so he bows his head, and it was his birthday, this non-believer. It was his birthday. And so we're sitting there, and, and so I said, you know what, Lord, would you just bless, bless this meal to our body? We just thank you for it. And by the way, it's, it's Bob's birthday over here. God, I just ask you to, to bless Bob, be with him, help him to know your presence, and da-da-da-da, amen. And we get all done, and Bob leans over, and he grabs my shirt, and he's like, hey, what about the rest of the year? I said, what? What about the rest of the year? You want God to bless me on my birthday? What about the rest of the year? I said, well, yeah, I want God to bless you. Then, well, then pray for it. All right, let's do that. <laughs> See, you need to let your light shine. We need to get, we need to get close to Jesus. If you read through uh, um, John chapter 15, where Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. And we need to abide in the vine. I wasn't going to do this this morning, but I'm going to. John chapter 15. Jesus said, If any one of you, uh, starting at five, I am the vine and you are the branch. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And this is not a name it, claim it Christianity. What Jesus is saying is, is if you abide in me, if you see my goodness, if you worship me, then you're only going to ask for those things that I want you to ask for anyhow. We, we struggle with, with wanting to do good and be good and we want to live right lives and we want the fruits of the Spirit flowing in our life. One way to do that, abide in Him. You want to get, yeah, you, you want to get closer, you want to get rid of anger, abide in Him. You want to get rid of judgment, you want to abide in Him. You want to get rid of a, a critical spirit, uh, uh, the works of the flesh, abide in Him. And as you do that, I will guarantee you'll begin to praise don't stop it. Let it start coming out. You might have to be like David and force yourself to say, you know what, God? I know you are a great God. I know it here. I need it here. Help me out. Help me out. Amen? Well, we made it halfway through my notes, so next week we're going to talk about praise a little bit more. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We praise you. You know what? Here. I'm, 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 I'm tired of being the one to praise at the end, okay? We're talking about praise, right? I'm going to give you a couple of minutes while I'm praying to praise God. You can praise him out loud. You can praise him. God, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Praise him. Go ahead. Tell, you, pull, up your, pull yourself up by the shirt if you have to and say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I know I'm really putting people uncomfortable. God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your life. We thank you for the peace that we have in you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and it's sharper than a double-edged sword. We thank you, God, when we get rid of the junk in our life, we get to fill it back up with praises. We get to fill it back up with your word. We get to fill it back up with our hope. God, you're our hope. We just ask you, God. We ask you, God, to transform our lives and help us to become those praisers that you have created us and commanded us to be in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great praise-filled week.